yeah, we're back, baby. Let's go. I hope you cats are ready to stomp because we got some hot jazz for you up soon. Uh, this is Hank Radio, in case you're listening. And I'm here with my co-host, Chuck. How are you doing today, Chuck? Good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Well, uh, <laughs> it's been a long time. I just want to say I'm happy to be back. I think we're both happy to be back. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'll get up with this next song with Love Will Drive Me Crazy. Hold on. Oh, okay. You want the mic? Before we get started, I have a joke. You want to hear a joke? Yeah, sure. I'll hear a joke. All right. Um, after an unsuccessful harvest, why did the farmer decide to try a career in music? Why? Because he had a ton of sick beats. Sick beats. Good one. Well, let's go on with this next song, which is Love Will Drive Me Crazy with Wilton Crawley. I hope you all enjoy. Thank you. 
Well, I think that was a pretty good one. Some interesting noises from that clarinet, eh? That's what old uh, Wilton Crawley was known for. A lot of that uh, screeching and growling or slap-tonguing, he would uh, make it sound like a chicken sometimes. He would cluck. Um, one of the, uh, what was known as gas pipe clarinetists back in the day. It's like a hot clarinet, it sounds like. Yep, and so they would, sometimes he would just go on and on and with these solos and make whatever noises came to mind with the clarinet. Um, he was a really interesting character. He recorded uh, with Jelly Roll Morton and, and guys like that as well. Um, yeah, we all know, we know here we love Jelly Roll Morton. And we'll hear Jelly Roll Morton a little later on in the show. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Wilton Crowley, one of the most uh, colorful um, uh, stage uh, performers of the time for his vaudeville show. Um, for those of you who know uh, who Arthur Brown is, um, when Arthur Brown used to perform in the 60s, he would have uh, a lamp on his head that he would light on fire. Wilton Crawley was doing that in the 1920s, so it kind of predates Arthur Brown uh, with that kind of showmanship. And of course, he could, you know, could play the hell out of the clarinet. Yeah. So um, just a really interesting guy and uh, played for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like you gotta you gotta love any really good clarinet. I like. Yeah. <laughs> one thing that I um, want to say real quick is SpongeBob kind of ruined my view of the clarinet. A Squidward, because of Squidward. I really, like, actually just thought the clarinet was stupid for a long time because of SpongeBob. But then I listened to these, and I'm like, whoa, that sounds awesome. <laughs> but yeah, uh, and also love watching Arthur Brown perform always online. Absolutely. So, Well, next up we got Bell Hoppin' Blues with Paul Whiteman and his orchestra. Uh, you want to say something? Yep, I, I, you want to hear another joke? Sure. We got another joke. Uh, why is it so cheap to throw a party in a haunted house? Why? Because the ghosts bring all the booze. That was a good... That's... All the booze. Yeah. Oh, we got some booze from the uh, studio uh, audience. Yeah, because they were just repeating the punchline. Yeah, they were repeating the punchline. They were saying boo-earns. Boo-earns. Well, next up we got Bell Hoppin' Blues with Paul Whiteman and his orchestra. I hope you all enjoy.
I think that was a great song. What do you think? Absolutely. I old uh, Paul Whiteman, uh, Duke Ellington, called him the king of jazz. So that's pretty, pretty high praise. People he, call Duke Ellington uh, the king of right, jazz. Right, yeah. Um, uh, Whiteman had a very large orchestra that um, he would um, conduct and, and uh, lead. Um, some of the most technically skilled um, musicians of the time. Um, some people would argue that it was a jazz in name only because it didn't have the improvisational feel of some of the more traditional yeah. jazz that we listen to, but um, you really can't argue with the uh, the tightness of the band and, and uh, just the way it sounds. It still it sounds great today, you know, yeah. um, almost 100 years later. Uh, and he uh, kind of regained popularity, He you know, faded out of popularity in the 30s, but then in the 50s he hosted his own TV show. He had a variety show. Um, and Paul Whiteman's Goodyear Review, maybe similar to the Colgate Comedy Hour, who knows, yeah. but um, Paul, Paul Whiteman's Goodyear, Paul Pavano, maybe he was on Paul Whiteman's show. Um, uh, but yeah, that was on uh, for three seasons on ABC, so maybe we can, uh, we can look that up and check that out one of these days and see yeah. what kind of guests he had on there. But... Um, one of the one of my favorite uh, Whiteman recordings will always be the Wang Wang Blues that maybe we can play on the radio hour here one of these days. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, I got some things to remind you guys about. Uh, I tied a rope on my finger so I wouldn't forget. Um, we got Retro Strange Movie Night, July twenty second. Uh, we got two movies, uh, which are let's see, I gotta put on my reading glasses here. Okay, Cause for Alarm, 1951, and Chuck starring Chuck Connors, and Suddenly, from 1954, with Frank Sinatra, That's right. which are some, some pretty uh, big names, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. It's all part of uh, Sinister Summer at uh, Retro Strange, it continuing throughout the summer. Um, there'll be some short films that uh, play before um, the features, and then there'll be a, about a 20-minute intermission um, in between shows. Um, if you can't make it, you can always just tune into Retro Strange at RetroStrange.com or RetroStrange.tv and see what's playing. I think the Screaming Skull was um, yeah, currently playing uh, when before we hopped on uh, for the radio show here. So always a good time over at Retro Strange. Yeah. Well, uh, do you got a joke this time or...? Uh, sure. Don't want to interrupt you again. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to introduce the song. Oh, oh geez. Oh, I'm just kicking, kicking stuff. my stuff out of the way. I want that joke. <laughs> well, what do, you, what do you call a line of people uh, waiting to get their hair cut? What? A barbecue. <laughs> barbecue. I get it. Summer. You know, sometimes you just got a barbecue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we really need to get that studio audience in here. Um, <laughs> well, uh, next up, we got Ain't She S Sweet with, uh, you're going to have to help me with this name. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Ain't She Sweet with Nat. I can't. Uh, she'll... My eyes don't work. <laughs> Shilkrit? Yes. Shilkrit? Uh, with the Victor Orchestra, and I hope you all enjoy. Thank <laughs> you. 
Eventually, ain't she sweet? Ain't she nice? Look her over once or twice. Now I ask you very confidentially, ain't she nice? Just cast an eye in her direction. Oh me, oh my, ain't that perfection? I repeat, now don't you think that's kind of neat? And I ask you very confidentially, ain't that baby nice? Well, I hope you all enjoyed that last one. Uh, maybe you know it from the uh, Beatles covering it in the uh, early 60s. Uh, that's how I first came along. Uh, so you want me to talk now? Yes. All right. Uh, so, uh, Nathaniel Schildkraut, actually born uh, Nathan Schildkraut. Uh, his parents were from Ukraine. Um, he was a kind of a child prodigy. He toured with the... Uh, New York Boys Philharmonic Orchestra, and from the time he was about seven years old, and he had um, his father had played several instruments, and so he was kind of destined for greatness in music. Um, and then he was uh, he joined the Victor Talking Machine Company in the Foreign Department um, in 1915, and then was um, eventually uh, named head of that department. Um, and then he became director of what was known as Light Music for the uh, Victor Company. And he uh, directed or conducted and helped uh, on recordings uh, with thousands of songs, probably more than anybody in the history of uh, recorded music. Um, he was also um, instrumental in the very first uh, recording by Victor done electronically um, in 1925. So. A very, um, uh, very long, illustrious career for old uh, Nate, and um, obviously his music was very influential, and it inspired the Beatles and, and many other bands. Um, so yeah, very, uh, very interesting, very interesting guy. Yeah, yeah, it's a great. Uh, probably the some of the best singing I've heard from then. Also, uh, was that him singing, or did you know, or no? 
And him, I always like I always like that song. Those chord progressions always get me in yeah. the feels. I don't know. Yep. It, it's and it's. I mean, essentially, all the Beatles did was just take that same song and put it on guitar. Exactly. <laughs> well, next up, we got one that you uh, probably might recognize the name of, which is "Ain't Misbehavin." with Bobby Hackett and his orchestra. Now, uh, I, uh, I'll have you guys guess who did this, uh, who made it famous at home before I tell you. Wait, hold on. Oh, joke. Um, so this morning I woke up and my phone, you know, I have an iPhone, and so Siri's like, don't call me Shirley. I was like, what's that all about? Turns out I left my phone in airplane mode. Airplane mode. Seriously. Don't call me Shirley. It's a joke, Hank. I'm a bit, uh, a bit slow, so uh, maybe by the end of this next song I'll get it. Anywho, here is Ain't Miss Paper with Bobby Hackett.
<laughs> yeah, I just got it. I just got the joke. <laughs> Good, because I still don't get it. All right. Uh, we've heard uh, old Bobby Hackett on here before. Of course, he played with uh, Benny Goodman. Um, Benny Goodman hired him when he was 23. Um, and he can be heard uh, in the 1940 Fred Astaire movie Second Chorus. Um, he also, he, he has to, despite being, you know, playing uh, the cornet and the trumpet, um, he, he had uh, some lip problems, and so he didn't do a lot of just uh, solos, very long solos, because he had um, some problems with his lips, but he also played guitar, um, kind of versatile uh, musician. And the, one of the highlights uh, of his um, musical career was being included in Louis Armstrong's 1947 Town Hall Jazz Concert. Um, in 1954, he appeared on the regular, it was a regular on the ABC variety show, The Martha Wright Show, again, very similar to the, uh, the Colgate Comedy Hour. Um, and uh, so, yeah, he uh, played for many, many years uh, and played with all kinds of people from Tony Bennett, Dizzy Gillespie, um, Frank Sinatra, uh, all kinds of people. So um, one of the most uh, well-rounded and respected um, jazz music musicians uh, of that era. Yeah. 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 I have a few more things to say real quick, uh, just about regarding events and stuff. We've got Hank Radio, uh, no, sorry, we got Nelson Family Radio Hour on the first of next month. That's right. Which you can catch me and Chuck on there. As, uh, as well as Noah and Jess, mm -hmm. and maybe some other people. We, we'll see. Do you got any things you'd like to say? We're on radio, so. <laughs> uh, this, uh, be sure to tune in to uh, Retro Strange Movie Night uh, next Saturday, the 22nd. Um, other than that, I don't know if I have a, a whole lot else to say. Just, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we have a few more songs here, and be sure to tune in next month for Hank Radio. Um, the first of the month is the Nelson Family Radio Hour, which you can catch on Facebook and YouTube. Um, and other than that, yeah. Uh, I guess I could tell another joke. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Um, this one was from, uh, we had somebody call in during the break and suggest this joke. So we, we love it when people call in. Or you can uh, mail us a 3 by 5 card joke with, you with your favorite joke written on it. Uh, mail the 3 by 5 card to um, Hank Radio at P.O. Box 488 Niles, Michigan 49120. That is P.O. Box 488 Niles, Michigan 49120. Um, so, anyway, um, two conspiracy theorists walk into, walk into a bar. You can't tell me that's just a coincidence, man. Good. Uh, it is not. It's a whole. It's a whole thing. It's a whole, conspiracy. it's a whole conspiracy. While you guys are theorizing about that, here's some uh, music with uh, our one of our favorites here, Jelly Roll Morton and his Red Hot Peppers. This is Deep Creek. Deep uh, Jelly Roll. Yep. Hope you enjoy.
was a good one. Uh, I think we always love Jelly Roll Morton around here, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you just really, it don't get much better than old Jelly Roll. And, I mean, Jelly Roll Morton is arguably the greatest name in the history of uh, jazz, but he has his... His birth name is pretty impressive as well, Ferdinand Joseph Lamath. Wow. I think that's pretty pretty good. Um, he actually wound up going by Morton um, because that was his stepfather's name. Wow. But um, from New Orleans, uh, uh, of course, as we've talked about before. With that last name, I just yep. so. Yep. And uh, so uh, one of the, um, you know, he, he claimed to have invented jazz music in 1902, um, and kind of one of the reasons uh, he's considered one of the uh, fathers of jazz is because he met a folklorist, Alan Lomax, um, in the uh, late 1930s. And Lomax recorded a series of interviews with Jelly Roll um, for the Library of Congress. And Jelly Roll demonstrated old, uh, you know, piano techniques and things like that. And so people just kind of ran with it. Um, and whether or not it's true, it's just fun to think about. Um, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1998 and uh, was honored with a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award um, in 2005. So, um, you know, everybody knows Jelly Roll, everybody loves Jelly Roll, and we'll keep playing them on here as, uh, as long as we can. Yeah, as long as we can find recordings. What's good is next year, hopefully, we have more recordings, and the year after that, we'll have more, and the year after that, we'll have more. That's how this works. As long as those years keep going on, we get more recordings to play. Time is a flat circle. Yep. So uh, next up, we got one of my favorites. It's the last song on here. It's D. Ford Bailey with Pan American Blues. You got one more joke? Yeah. Sure. Uh, I have some. I woke up. I had some some bad news when I woke up this morning. I went in the bathroom. Um, I found a wooden shoe in my toilet. Turns out it was clogged. Well, it was clogged because yeah. of the wooden shoe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah, have to call a uh, have to call the turbo team over. Turbo team. Hey, whom? Here is Pan American Blues with D. Ford Bailey. This barely made the cut to be on here. It's December 1927, nice. so we're just able to play this. I hope you all enjoy. <laughs> Thank mm -hmm. you. 
last song, everybody. I hope you enjoyed uh, Hank Radio. Uh, where it's, it is July 14th. It's Friday. And I uh, hope you all enjoy Retro Strange Movie Night. We'll see you probably in about a month. I'll, 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 I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> yeah. We got we to gotta, uh, hear a little about, about old D. Ford, one of, yeah. one of Hank's favorites. That's for sure, yeah. D. Ford Bailey. Um, so the Pan American Blues was um, kind of his trademark song, what he was known for. Of course, uh, D. Ford was um, very popular on a show. He debuted on a show that was known at the time as... Uh, WSM Barn Dance, uh, and that show went on to become the Grand Ole Opry. Of course, WSM stood for We Shield Millions because the radio station was um, owned by and uh, funded by an insurance company. And so uh, barn dances were big at the time. And um, then one day, uh, famously, George D. Hay exclaimed at the beginning of Barn Dance, for the past hour, you've been listening to music largely from the Grand Opera. But from now on, we will present the Grand Ole Opry. And from there, uh, D. Ford went into his harmonica playing. He was a, a mainstay on the Opry from uh, about 1927-ish uh, to 1941, when um, a dispute between ASCAP and BMI, of course, the, um, the strong arm of the music industry, they always want their fees, they prevented D. Ford from playing any of his songs uh, on the Opry. And so the Opry said, well, we can't use you anymore. So after 1941, um, that kind of effectively ended his music career. And yeah. from there, he owned a shoeshine business and would play um, in public sometimes, but sparingly. I know he was on the Opry in the 70s sometimes, oh, a few times, oh, 60s a few they times. They would bring him back, yeah. So, uh, yeah. He could also play the guitar, the bones, and the banjo. Yeah. Because the bones are their money. The bones are a folk instrument, I know, a percussion one. I don't forgot where from, but they're kind of, they're cool looking. They have a, they're little, almost like castanets. Ah, okay. uh, but you, you hold them in between your fingers and you tap them with your thumbs and stuff. Yeah. They're really cool, though. Um, but yeah, that was uh, Pan American Blues, the last one. Uh, we'll see you all next month. So remember to catch Retro Strange Movie Night, uh, July 22nd. At what time? It starts at... 530. Uh, and catch us next. Oh, what? 530 Pacific. 5:30 Pacific. And uh, which you can do the math yourself uh, of whatever time zone. I'm bad at that stuff. But uh, hopefully we'll catch you all next time. You got any parting words to say, Chuck? I just want everybody to know out there, whoever stole my copy of Microsoft Office, I will find you. You have my word. <laughs> we'll see you all next time.